Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran that inni la ghafarun that indeed I am ghafar for that person who believes, who does good deeds and who makes toba to me. If you look at the great generosity of Allah subhanahu wa that a person who does these amal during the day and night, each and every one of these amals are a means of forgiving for their forgiveness for all of their sins. Each single amal is a means of forgiveness for all of their sins. Today we are going to discuss the things that a person, the adab of wudu and adab of salah. And also going to mention the fazail of wudu and salah, that just doing wudu and just praying salah, how much of our sins will be forgiven because of that. And when a person, uh, when ghusl becomes farz on a person, when he enters a state of major impurity, he should do ghusl quickly. He should have a habit of staying in a state of purity. He should not languish in a state of impurity. And all of these things have to do with the person's own effort, their own habit. What do they want to make their habit? We've seen some awliyaullah and some people as well, that they've made it their habit always to stay in wudu. It's just they break wudu and they make wudu. And one of the benefits of that is that it's not difficult for them to pray salah. The second the time for salah comes, they're already in a state of wudu, so they can proceed immediately and pray their salah. And we have seen some women that they missed their salah just because they were busy in some household work and they thought that, okay, I'll do wudu, I'll, they postponed their wudu. Okay, I'll do wudu later, I'll do wudu later. Then all of a sudden time is so short and all of a sudden something happens in the homes, the kid does something, something happens with the child, that they lose their time and because of the laziness then the prayer time expires and they end up missing a prayer. So the women should make it a practice that at all times they should remain in a state of wudu. And whenever their wudu breaks, they should make their wudu again. And as Jesus said that we have seen some, a khanka in my life. As you saying, in my life I had the opportunity to see a khanka who was from the khanka of Imam Rabbani Mujafasani, one of the Naqshabani Mujaddi khankas in Pakistan. This has So he said that in our family, for six, you will not find a single child who is older than seven years who is not in wudu. Everyone in our entire family and area in Khanka who is older than the age of seven is always in wudu. And we have trained our children like this that, oh children, you must spend your entire life in a state of wudu. Not just offer ibadah in a state of wudu. You must spend your entire life in a state of wudu. And what was the effect of that? The effect of that is that Nabi Karim that you will die the way you lived. And therefore, if you spend your life always in a state of wudu, then the out, but does that mean that when death overcomes you and death overtakes you, you will die in a state of wudu? And what a beautiful thing it would be to die in a state of wudu, that when our ruh is being taken out by the angel, we are in a state of wudu at that moment. So we should make it a habit and a practice to always be in a state of wudu. Just like many people have the opposite habit, that they always without wudu. They stay without wudu at all times, and only for ibadah they make it. Otherwise, for most of the time and day, they're without wudu. That's also out of habit. So whatever a person does is out of habit. We should want to remain in wudu out of our habit. And that person who remains in a state of wudu, they get a lot of sawab and get a lot of rewards and virtues and marriage from Allah said that the five prayers and, and from prayer to prayer and from Jummah to Jummah and from fasting Ramadan to one Ramadan, one Ramadan to the next Ramadan is an expiation for a person's past, whatever lies in between. The five prayers, one to the other, Jummah from one to the other Jummah, oh, sorry, and fulfilling the trust 
receiving a trust and then returning it, fulfilling it completely, all of these things will be a means of forgiving the sins that came in between the two. So then somebody asked Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam that what does it mean to give the amana, to give back the trust? So the Prophet said that to give amana means to do ghusl whenever you are in a state of major to do ghusl whenever you fall into a state of major impurity which is called janaba why? that because when you are in a state of janaba every single hair of yours is spiritually impure so that means that when a person has to do ghusl it's far on them until they do it they are in a state of complete spiritual impurity so if they do ghusl immediately whenever it becomes far on them that is one means of forgiveness of their sins from the previous ghusl to this ghusl. So now after the Prophet's explanation, we can retranslate this hadith that the five prayers one to the next, Juma Salah, one Juma to the next Juma, and doing ghusl to leave the state of Janaba from one state of ghusl to the next state of ghusl, all of these things are a means of forgiving the sins that lie in between the two. And so indeed, again, it seems that Allah subhanahu ta'ala has just put lots of, he's created so many avenues by which a person can get his forgiveness because he wants to forgive us for all of our sins. That person should also make use of the musnoon du'as that Sayyidina Rasulullah has mentioned in hadith for wudu. So what then that person will make wudu in a noble and excellent way such that then Allah Ta'ala will forgive for him all of his sins. And then Allah Ta'ala, after he makes wudu, then the prayer that he prays, he will get, even in addition to the whatever reward he pays for the fard, he will also get reward for nafil prayer. As if he does wudu to pray first salah, then he will get his sins will already be forgiven at wudu even before he goes to the prayer. Then when he prays the first prayer, he will get an additional zawab for that. It comes in one hadith narrated by Sayyidina Uthman al-Ghani that that person who does wudu in a good, noble, excellent way, carefully, and then recites his dua, Ashhadu ilaha illallah wa sharika lahu, that a person recites this du'a then all of his sins will be forgiven that took place from the previous wudu to this wudu the sins that took place between the two wudus his prior wudu and this current wudu Allah Ta'ala will forgive those sins if he makes this dua. So between one wudu and the next wudu our sins can be forgiven. If a person makes wudu with all of his manners and etiquettes and recites this one short dua after making wudu, then if after that they come and they pray two rakats of nafil salah which is known as tahiyyatul wudu, uh, the two prayers offered literally in greeting of or in thanks for praying the wudu, then Sayyidina Rasulullah says in the hadith that, that Allah, it becomes Allah Ta'ala views it, Allah Ta'ala makes it incumbent on Himself if a person prays those two rakats. And it doesn't mean nothing is obligatory in Allah. This is an expression in Arabic that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has voluntarily chosen to make it incumbent on Himself to forgive a person for all of their sins. So now if they did wudu properly, and then they read that dua properly, and then they prayed two rakats, nafil, salat, tahiyatul wudu, these three things are means by which a person's, all their sins will be forgiven, and Allah Ta'ala has taken it upon Himself and views it as incumbent upon Himself to forgive a person for all of their sins. And if a person sleeps in a state of wudu, then it comes in hadith, that Nabi Akreem sallallahu alayhi wa said The Prophet said that you should keep these bodies of yours clean. If you do so, then Allah subhanahu will keep you purified means when your body is pure, then also your book of deeds will be pure of sins. But because when a person sleeps in a state of wudu and spends that night in a state of wudu, then the hadith says an angel will spend a night with him. And at whatever he turns in his sleep, the angel would say to him, that, would you say, make dua that, oh Allah, 
do the maghfara of this servant of yours because he went to sleep in a state of wudu and he is spending his night in a state of wudu. So when he sleeps in a state of wudu, the angel makes dua every time he shifts position in his sleep that, oh Allah, send your maghfara and forgiveness on the servant because he spent the entire night in a state of wudu. So this means that doing wudu with its proper manners and etiquettes, making the dua afterwards, praying two rakat salat, tahiyatul wudu, and then even sleeping in a state of wudu, all of these acts are going to be a means of a person's forgiveness. And that person who does this for five farad salat, who is regularly established on the five farad, then it comes in a hadith. That each and every one of these high prayers, just like in the season of autumn and fall, the leaves are shed from the trees in that season, just like that, that person who prays five times a day, his sins shed from him and drop away from him, just like the leaves drop from the tree. So another example the Prophet gave in Hadith is like this, that imagine if there is a river or stream in front of a person's house, and five times a day he bathes in that river, would it be possible that there would be any dirt or filth remaining on that person's body who bathes five times a day? And then the Sahaba asked, that they responded that Yasu some no, there's no way any dirt or filth could remain on him. So the Prophet said that just exactly like that, that that person who carefully, regularly prays the five daily prayers, Allah SWT will not let any stain of sin remain on him and all his sins will be forgiven. So just like in wudu, we see in salah that every single act of wudu in salah is leading to all of the sins of being forgiven. Every single act related to wudu in salah results in all sins being forgiven. Then the person who recites adhan, Allah ta- there comes in a day that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives the sins of the mu'adhin, the person who calls the adhan. It comes in a day that that person who calls the adhan, however, however far his voice reaches, that all of the living creatures who hear his voice in his range, all of them attest to the fact of the adhan, and they all attest the fact that he recited the adhan, and he gets the reward of all of the people who responded to adhan and came to salah. Now women may be thinking that they can't give the adhan, but those things that are exclusively for men in our deen, like an adhan, women get, get the sawab of that as follows. For example, when the, masjid, when the man comes to the masjid and prays salat with jama'ah in response to the adhan, the reward that the man will get in the masjid, a woman will get the same reward of the congregational prayer in the masjid by praying in her own home. So by calling the adhan, <coughs> by calling the adhan, a person's sins are forgiven. It comes in one hadith that if a person gives adhan in the wilderness, in the wild jungle, then that person's sins will be forgiven. And that person, after the, uh, calling the adhan, then makes the du'a, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lahu. That person who makes this dua after the muaddin who makes this dua after calling the adhan, Allah Ta'ala will forgive all of their sins. So what we should want is that all of these du'as, we are going to try to write them for you in sequence in the form of a booklet and we will try to give it to you so that inshallah you can memorize them in a relaxed way and then you can make use of them at at each of their respective occasions. And now we're also getting the idea that from the time of the Hajjah up till the time a person sleeps, that all of the things that a person should do and what the promises, promised rewards are with them, that we should mention all of those to you. And if we were to count all of them, it seems that there are dozens of such things that a person could do in a day. 
dozens of small, small du'as and small kalimat that a person could read from the time they wake up for tahajjud to the time they sleep at night. And we should think that if Allah Ta'ala's mercy is like that, then why should a person just make it the practice of their life? That they should do these a'mal at all the times so that all of their sins get forgiven on their daily basis. Imagine that person who every day all of their sins are forgiven multiple times a day. Nabi Akram Sassam said in Hadith that that person, whomsoever, prays the Salah at its proper time, all their sins will be forgiven. Then it comes in Hadith that, let's start from the time of Fajr, that that person who after Fajr Salah prays the Nawafil of Ishraq, Allah Subhanahu will forgive their sins. And it comes in a Hadith, that that person who leaves their home to pray Salah and recites this du'a upon leaving their home, they will have 70,000 angels will make du'a for his maghfirah. What is that du'a? To say that Rasulullah said that that person who leaves their home to go towards the Salah and says this du'a, Allahumma inni as'aluka bihaqqis sa'ileen alayk wa bihaqqil man sha'ir hadha ilayk wa inni lam akhruj wala bataran wala ri'a'an wala sum'atan wa kharajitu ittaqa'a sahatika wa ibtiqa'a mardatika fa as'aluka an tu'idhani minal naar wa an taqirani zanubi إِنَّهُ لَا يَقْرُ ذُنُوبَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ أَكْبَلَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ بِوَلِهِهِ Person says that door, then Allah Ta'ala will direct his gaze towards him, and then Allah Ta'ala will command 70,000 angels to make forgiveness for him. This hadith is in the collection by Ibn Majah, that whomsoever recites this dua, then Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala will gaze upon him with his mercy, and then appoint 70,000 angels to make dua for his forgiveness. So this is such a beautiful du'a that that person who recites this du'a Allah will look at that person with mercy look at that person with love and 70,000 angels will be appointed by Allah to make du'a forgiveness for such a person that today a woman is ready to do everything in this world due to which her husband will be happy that her husband would look at her once with happiness, she would be willing to do anything. So what should she do? How willing should she then be to do that thing which will make Allah Ta'ala look at her with joy and happiness? Because if she recites this dua, then Allah Ta'ala will look at her with so much love. Now what we want is that everybody should memorize this dua and they should never again miss this dua any day in their life. So that every single day they read this du'a and that then every single day Allah Ta'ala gazes at them with His mercy and love. And that every single day 70,000 angels pray for their maghfirah and forgiveness. Now the man can say this when he leaves the home literally going towards the masjid to pray salah. And the woman whenever she makes wudu and leaves one room of the house for another room where her masalla prayer might may be, that is sufficient for her and she will also get the same reward for this du'a. So we should think in our heart, the woman should think in her heart that I'm going to make wudu and after I make wudu and come out of the place of wudu on my way to the prayer mat, Masallah, I'm going to recite this dua. And 70,000 angels will make dua for my forgiveness and Allah Subhanahu wa will look at me with His mercy and love. So what, how, what, and what a wonderful good news and glad tidings for a human being that Allah Ta'ala would look at them with a gaze of mercy and love. Allah subhanahu wa will forgive their sins. Another hadith that has come, that that person who makes wudu properly and completely and then walks towards the first salah and prays salah in the masjid, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives all of that person's sins. So by doing this amal, this act, all of the person's sins will be given. 
So now we should see that from the time of wudu up to the time of prayer, how many times this person has had all their sins forgiven. And then those people who stand in the rows, and if there is some empty space in the row, so Ibn Hudayfar was narrated the hadith that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that 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 person who completes or advances to fill up a gap in the rows, then Allah Ta'ala will forgive all of their sins for that, for filling up the, filling up the gap that took place in the row. So now if you empty a full place, if you fill up an empty place, you would have to take a few steps, i.e. go from one row to the row in the front. Just a few footsteps was enough that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave all of their sins. So when you read all of these hadith, it seems that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again just wants to create avenues to forgive people and create avenues to fulfill the ummah of His beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And just look, taking two steps and to go into the next row to fill a space, that's enough to get all of one's sins forgiven. So it comes in a hadith now when the Imam says Ameen after reciting Surah Fatiha, after concluding Fatiha if the Muqtadi, the people who are following in Salah, they should also say Ameen. Because the angels are also saying Ameen at that time. That person who's Ameen coincides with the angels saying Ameen, their sins will be forgiven. Listen to the hadith. Sayyidina Abu Hurairah narrates that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that when any one of you say Ameen, and at the same time the angels in the firmaments and the skies and the heaven they also said Amin. <coughs> and if one of their Amin of the person coordinates or coincides with the Amin of the angels and they become together simultaneously then all of their sins, past sins, will be forgiven. Every single sin that they ever did in the past, all of them will be forgiven entirely. This hadith is in the Sahih of Bukhari and in the Sahih of Muslim. And what does this mean? This doesn't mean that a person should say Ameen out loud. This is a difference. But you should recite Ameen. The point here, in, let's put it this way, in this hadith it doesn't say anything about saying it out loud or not. The point is just, uh, this hadith is not a deal with respect to our shawafi brethren here. <laughs> this hadith in of itself is not a deal. That Amin has to be said out loud, it's just talking about pronouncing the word and having that word coincide. And just like the angels Amin is inaudible, even the humans Amin can be inaudible, audibility is not necessary for coincide. Then when a person in their salah, when they come out from ruku, when the imam says, Muhammadah, and they say, Rabbana lakalham, the angels also say, Rabbana lakalham, and if their Rabbana lakalham coincides with the angels saying, Rabbana lakalham, then again, all of their sins will be forgiven. In fact, this is an interesting delu for the Ahnaf also because nobody says Rabbana Lakaham out loud. So it seems that Allah tells mercy is coming down on a person in such torrents that if a person at every single step of wudu in salah, Allah is forgiving all of their sins, all of their sins. If they pray the five prayers on their time, all their sins will get forgiven. Whatever sins took place between the prayers got forgiven. So it seems that there is limitless forgiveness coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a continuous line one after the other. His maghfirah is showering down upon us like a raindrop shower down upon the ground. And it looks like that that person, Allah ta'ala forgives so many sins that it may not even be possible for that person to have any sins remaining. It comes in a hadith that that person who does sajda and says in the state that they are doing sajda when they say three times then they will not lift their head from sajda other than that Allah Ta'ala has already decreed their forgiveness. They will not lift their head from sajda Rabbik firli, Rabbik firli, Rabbik firli. 
So now reciting Rabbik fairly in Sadda, then before they lift their head from the ground, Allah Ta'ala will have forgiven all of their sins. And look how generous that Allah Ta'ala is. That just saying the small dua, Allah Ta'ala is forgiving all of their massive sins. So these are those a'mal, those acts, those actions by means of which a person's sins are forgiven and that we should try that to do all of these acts regularly, fastidiously. Let's listen to another hadith, subhanAllah. Sayyidina Abu Malik al-Ashri has narrated and he says that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that there is not any person that there is no person who every person who wakes up for tahajjud and then he wakes up his wife for tahajjud but let's say that even if even though sleep is overcoming her so what he should do he should sprinkle some water on her face until she then they both stand up in their home and rise up for tahajjud and the two of them should make the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the two of them remember Allah ta'ala at some portion of the night some portion of the night i.e. they pray salat tahajjud no couple will do this except that Allah ta'ala forgives both of them for all of their sins now this is a hadith for both the husband and wife it can work both ways whether the husband wakes up the wife or the wife wakes up the husband this is such a beautiful amal to wake up for tahajjud whether the husband wakes up and then wakes up the wife or whether the wife wakes up and she wakes up her husband and for the two of them to pray tahajjud together Allah subhanahu sends his special forgiveness on that husband and wife so indeed, happy are such a husband and wife who wake up for tahajjud and wake one another up for tahajjud and pray tahajjud together and together get all of their sins forgiven and get their book of deeds wiped clean. So by getting our sins forgiven right at the time when we made wudu for tahajjud, then prayed tahajjud, then made dua after wudu, then walking towards the place of prayer, then praying tahajjud wudu, the sins were forgiven, then praying fajr salah, sins were forgiven, then praying ishraq, the nafil of ishraq, our sins were forgiven. So it comes in hadith that that person who after praying Salatul Fajr remains seated in that place and doesn't talk about anything to do with this world but is engaged in ibadah and zikr and then when the sun has risen a little amount and then they pray two rakats nafil of Salatul Ishraq it is called the nawafil of Ishraq that person, all the person's sins will be forgiven even if there is as much as all of the waves of this even if there are more than all the waves of this world. All of that person's sins will be forgiven, even if there were even more than all of the waves of the world. This is the world of the, these are the words of the Hadith, and this is transmitted in the collection of Imam Abu Dawud even if their sins are even greater than the waves of this world. And from what we hear from this is that if a woman has some business, she prayed Fajr, but then now she has to wake up the kids and make their breakfast and take them to school and do etc. these things. Even if she has to get up, I mean she can't stay where she is from, stay seated after praying Fajr until the time of Ishaq, then she can get up and do her household work. And then when it comes for the time of Ishaq, she returns to her prayer and then prays because she was left it to serve her husband and children which is the wish of Allah Ta'ala for her then we have hope that Allah Ta'ala will give her the same sawab that was mentioned in the hadith that that person who stayed seated God she will get the same sawab even if she had to get up and do something for her husband and children and come back then when the sun gets even more rises and it's bright early morning around 9 or 10 a.m. there's another nafil prayer called Salat al-Duha in Arabic Namaz al-Chast in Persian and Urdu 
that person who prays this Nafal Salah, all of their sins will be forgiven, all of their past sins will be forgiven, even if they were as much as all of the waves of the oceans. So their sins are forgiven by praying Ishraq, and their sins are forgiven by praying Jast. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so merciful on His servants and slaves, and these are called nafil prayers, they're voluntary, they're optional. But if all of the sins of a person are forgiven, the believer should not view that prayer anymore as optional, but the believer should be so fastidious and regular in the salikin should be so regular in these prayers, just like the awamanas are regular in the faraiz. They should think that for the ordinary Muslim, there are five prayers, but for that Muslim who is anxious and earnest to earn the forgiveness of Allah Taala, they would hasten after these prayers as well and if a person does all of these prayers regularly then all of their sins will be forgiven then the four sunnas before Dhuhr all of the women pray these four sunnas Sayyidina Anas said that that person who prays four rakat before the salat of Dhuhr then Allah Ta'ala will forgive them for all of their sins Allah Ta'ala will forgive him for, sorry, for the sins of that day Allah Ta'ala will forgive them for whatever sins they committed on that day up to that point. And then that person who prays four sunnahs before the fard of Asr, and that's sunnah-e-ghayim-wakada, means completely optional. But if a person was, a, that person who is thirsty for the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will pray those, he or she will pray those as well. And it comes in hadith that Sayyidina Rasulullah said, this narration of Sayyidina Ali, that those members of the Ummah who pray these four rakats, i.e., as long as my Ummah prays these four rakats before Asr, they will walk around this earth, they will walk on the face of this earth, such that Allah Ta'ala has decreed their forgiveness from them with certainty, with absolute certainty. So the, before the Fard of Asr, four Rakat Sunnah is a person who has also been forgiven by Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala from all of their sins. So if we pray these four rakats before the Fard of Asr, so many sins are forgiven, we should be regular in doing that as well. Then between Maghrib and Isha, there are six nafil rakats that are called Salatul Awwabin. The prayer of the Awwabin. Sayyidina Amar ibn Yasir Badilatanana narrates, Sayyidina Rasulullah said, that I saw our, my beloved Messenger that I saw my beloved Messenger after Maghrib Salah he used to pray six rakats and the Prophet said that whomsoever prays six rakats of Salah after the Salah of Maghrib that all of their sins will be forgiven even if they are as much as all of the waves of the oceans of this world. So by the same reward in Ishraq, the same reward in Shas, Duha, and the same reward in praying the Nafil of Awabin. So when there's so much mention of so much forgiveness, it means that we should also I have so much desire and so much consistency in praying these Lawafil Salah. And others say that we have seen that what person who tries to pray this Salah, what does Shaitan do? Shaitan makes a person remember that, oh, such and such thing is waiting for you. There's some job you have to do. There's some task you have to attend to. And But even you will see that those people who pray these Nafil Salah, they don't miss out on doing all of their tasks and chores either. And if you prayed first salah and you don't miss out on your tasks, that same Allah Ta'ala put barakah in your nafal salah, that if you pray your nafal salah, you won't miss out on your tasks. So a person should try then to pray ishraq, to pray chast, du'a, and between Maghrib and isha, they should pray awabin. And there's another hadith, which Sayyidina Rasulullah that that person who prays salah, between Maghrib, prays some nafal salah between Maghrib and isha, then all of the day sins they did, on that day from Fajr to Maghrib, Allah SWT will forgive all of their sins. So now the prayer of Awabin is a means of getting all of our sins of that day forgiven by Allah SWT. We should be even more regular and focused on that.
that so that Allah Ta'ala may forgive us for our sins. It comes another hadith answered by Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas anhu. Sayyidina some said that that person who does ibadah between Zohar and Asr, or whether that person does ibadah between Maghrib and Isha, all of their sins will be forgiven for them. And all uh, two angels will, on the Day of Judgment, do shifa'at for him, will intercede for his forgiveness on the Day of Judgment. Two angels will intercede for his forgiveness on the Day of Judgment. Now if during this time a person gets the ability to do ibadah in these nafil ibadah in these times, their sins will be forgiven and on the Day of Judgment in the future two angels will stand up and rise to do shafat to intercede for them. Now who is there who would not want that on the Day of Judgment that the Quran should intercede for me, the two angels should suffeed for me, that Prophet ﷺ should intercede to shafa'at for me. So by praying these nafil rakats, a person will get this intercession, and by means of that their sins can be forgiven. Now these days in Ramadan, that we are praying tarawih salah, let's listen to the hadith about that. Sayyidina Rasulullah said that that person who in the month of Ramadan stands in a state of iman and stands deliberately and willfully seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, stands in praying in salah, and, and as yakin in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yearning for the pleasure and reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah ta'ala forgives all of their sins so with ihtimam oh, regularly and conscientiously a person should pray the salat al so what we should want is that in the remaining few days of the month of Ramadan we should pray taraweeh with even more focus and with even more Awareness so that all of our sins may be forgiven. There's another prayer called Salatul Tasbih. And this is the prayer that Sayyidina Rasulullah taught Sayyidina Abbas, Sayyidina Abbas, Sayyidina And it comes in a day that the Prophet told that, oh my uncle, Sayyidina Abbas, oh my uncle, that if it would be possible, recite, read this prayer every day, offer this prayer every day. If that's difficult, then try to offer this prayer every Friday. If even that is difficult, then offer this prayer once a month. And even if that is difficult, then offer this prayer once a year. And even, and then at the end, the Prophet ﷺ, what did he say? He said, even if this is not possible to offer it once a year, then at least offer it once in your lifetime. So much did the Prophet ﷺ say, and there's so much swab for this. Some of the awliyaullah of this ummah, they used to pray Salatul Tasbih on a daily basis, every day. Hazrat Mulana Muhammad Yusuf Dudyan bin Amtana, it's written in his biography that he used to pray at the time of Tahajjud, every night, he used to pray Salatul Tasbih. Hazrat says that I saw my own mother in my life, that every day she used to pray Salatul Tasbih, this was her regular practice. There was no day in which she didn't pray Salatul Tasbih. So now don't we see that those people who are offering these prayers, they pray them every day, at least we could offer it every Friday. And indeed those who pray it every day, they're indeed such beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made so many avenues of His forgiveness that a person who does these acts and deeds, it seems that there will be no way that any sin could ever remain in the account of such a person. And if a person Allah gives a person the opportunity from the time of Tahajjad from the time of waking for Tahajjad until all the day Fajr, Zohar, Asr, Maghrib, Isha until he sleeps at night he should try to do these deeds if he does that, then that page of the book of deeds of that day of his life will be full of good deeds. So those who want the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who acknowledge they have sins that need to be forgiven, who want their record of deeds to be wiped clean, they should be overjoyed at hearing about these deeds and acts.
And then when they do these acts and deeds, Allah Ta'ala is overjoyed with them for doing these acts and deeds. And then when they meet Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, they have judgment, they will be standing underneath the shade of the throne of the Arsh of the Arsh of Ta'ala, and they will be given fragrance, they will be enjoying the fragrance breezes of Jannah. And the whole time of the Day of Judgment will last just two rakats for them. Whereas the other people, the Day of Judgment, the torment of it and the difficulties will last for thousands of years. So these people who are fortunate enough to do these a'mal and get their sins forgiven, they will have such a quick Day of Judgment that it will just last two rakats and then it will be told to them that enter into Jannah and even it comes in a date that they can even enter Jannah without hisab without even having to account or be reckoned to account for their deeds. So what a wonderful life that person would lead, that the end of that life is on the Day of Judgment. They are herded directly into Jannah. And not only do they go to Jannah, they will be able to take other people to Jannah along with them. If a person lives such a life of piety and virtue and ibadah and good deeds, so if a person leads a life like that and pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then indeed, everyone should want to try to lead a life like that and we should also try to live a life like that. And those women who were already making many of these ibadat and they were praying five fars salah and on top of it they were already praying ishraq and chast and awadeen and tahajjud nine prayers a day. So they're very fortunate women, they're very blessed women. And as you said that once in our madrasa in Pakistan, we made an announcement that those girls who every day pray nine prayers a day, so then we are going to keep a record for them. And at the end of the year, we're going to give them a special prize, an award. So Alhamdulillah, in one year, all of the 32 girls were such that by the end of the year they could say that their teachers certified and reported that in the entire year they never missed one of the nine prayers. So one is those days that we say that a woman says that I... This is other than those days in which the women don't have to pray when they're in their menstrual days. But other than that, these 32 girls were such that, that every single day from the days in which they pray, they had never missed a single first prayer, nor did they miss a single one of those four nafil prayers. They didn't miss any one of the nine prayers. Now if girls can do this, then certainly women would be able to do this. And the women should make such a habit, such a schedule for themselves, that all day whatever you're doing, you should, whatever act you do should be counted amongst good deeds and should be a means of your forgiveness. And at night when you go to your bed to sleep, then there should not be a single sin hanging over, left over for you on that whole day. That you should sleep in your bed only when all the sins of that day have been forgiven. And we should lead and live a life that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we, it's our job as human beings to make effort. Allah ta'ala is the being who gives tawfiq. Those people who don't even pray the five prayers of a day, they view even one prayer as a burden. And those people who pray regularly, they don't view praying as a burden at all. And then even if they pray tahajjud regularly, they don't view waking up for tahajjud as a burden at all. So by praying regularly, a person will get barakat and blessings in their life, their sins will be forgiven. And the second thing is that their worries will go away, their anxieties will go away. By praying our salah, then we should have a thirst, an unquenchable thirst for salah. And our akabir, whenever they had even the slightest of needs, they would pray two rakah salat al-hajah, and they would turn to Allah Ta'ala and present their need to Him, and beg of Him to fulfill their needs. And they used to pray their salah to please Allah SWT, to win Allah Ta'ala over, to get Allah Ta'ala's help and blessing in whatever endeavor or whatever endeavor they were embarked to embark upon or whatever activity they were engaged in. So just like when you want somebody to do something for you, sometimes you file an application. For example, if you want to go for Hajj, then you have to file an application for the visa for Hajj. If you want to go for Umrah, you have to file an application for the visa for Umrah. Just like the, for every task, every activity, for every endeavor, there's an application. Just like that, Allah subhanahu wa has made the nights a time of application for Him. Allah has made Salatul Hajj 
Hajjah. It means an application to him. So we should pray two rakat salah and beg of Allah Ta'ala and apply to Allah Ta'ala to fulfill whatever needs we have, to put blessings in whatever acts that we're doing. And we should not underestimate two rakats of the believer in the eyes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Even two rakats of his believing servants has a great value and importance in the eyes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Another habit we should make is that we should pray all of these nafil salah and also when we pray Isha Salah, we should pray two rakat Salah to Tawbah after we pray Isha Salah. With the niyat that whatever sins I did in this day, Allah Ta'ala, I want you to forgive all of my sins of this day. Then you will see that every day your sins will, daily sins will be forgiven daily. And then on the day of judgment there will be such a day that you will stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your book of deeds will be empty, will have been wiped empty and clear of all sins. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq and ability and success to do each and every one of those acts due to which sins are forgiven by means of which sins are converted into good deeds. So today what we discussed was the acts of worship related to wudu and salah. In the next few days, we will discuss even more a'mal and more acts of worship that you will become even more amazed and you will think that if a believer was to do all of these acts, then it would be impossible for any sin to remain on the record. You yourself will feel this from the bottom of your heart. So we let us sacrifice ourselves for that Allah Taala who has just made avenue after avenue, means after means to forgive his believing servants. Even though if Allah Ta'ala had wanted, he could have said that, Oh my servants, you disobeyed me, you sinned against me. Now if you want that I should be, you should be forgiven, the only way is for you to go through the fire of Jahannam, and only then I will forgive you. Oh Allah, you would have been perfectly well within your right to have said that. But Allah, you have been so kind on us. You have given us such a path of ease. And instead of making us go through the fire of Jahannam, you said that if you make wudu, and you pray salah, and you make these du'as, I will make that a means of forgiving you for your sins. So we should try to do all of these a'mal and make du'a that Allah Ta'ala grant us the ability to do them regularly. Wa after da'wana alhamdulillah rabbil alameen.
Allah from the tips of our hair to the soles of our feet make us follow each and every sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu and may Allah all these du'as that Hazrati has taught us give us the tawfiq to read them in each and every du'a at each and every proper place and time make it easy for us to memorize them make it easy for us to recall to pray them Ya Allah that Fuhail ibn who was the leader of the thieves of his time Ya Allah the gaze of your mercy fell upon him and you made him the leader of the whole Ya of his time Ya Allah that Naman who was walking through the bazaars of Kufa Ya Allah your gaze of mercy fell upon him he became Imam Azam Abu Hanifah Ya Allah your Umar who left his home to kill the Prophet was not even seeking Hidayah Ya Allah the gaze of your mercy came upon him and you made him Amir Al-Mu'mineen Ya Allah we are seeking your Hidayah we are wanting Hidayah we are begging you for Hidayah Ya Allah send your Hidayah upon us Ya Allah save us from the fire of Jahannam Ya Allah forgive us for all of our sins Ya Allah we have seen in this world that if women come in a group to somebody's house and they ask him to forgive their male relative that Ya Allah even the people of this world they take into consideration the pleas of women Ya Allah today massive women has come pleading to you for their forgiveness Ya Allah if you don't forgive them there is no other being who can forgive them Ya Allah forgive them for, forgive us for our sins Ya Allah your beloved messenger so some taught us to pray to you and told us that other than calling upon you there is no other recourse for us no other hope for us and that we must keep trying to make you pleased with us until you become pleased with us Ya Allah we ask you to become pleased with us oh our beloved Allah become pleased with us become pleased with us Allah, if you don't want to be pleased with us still Ya Allah we beg of you please be pleased with us Ya Allah please be pleased with us Ya Allah forgive us for all of our sins and mistakes for those who are sick Ya Allah grant them health for those who are children Ya Allah make their children pious and righteous make them obedient make them the coolness of their parents eyes Ya Allah those who are hoping for children Ya Allah grant them children both daughters and sons Ya Allah those who have some type of worry in their home remove the worries from the home remove the worries from the family those who are worried because of their business remove their worries Ya Allah remove both our physical and spiritual illnesses remove both our spiritual and physical illnesses Ya Allah whatever good things the Prophet prayed to you for bestow upon us all of those good things as well and whatever evils he sought refuge in you from Ya Allah we ask that you grant us refuge from all of those evils as well Ya Allah accept our du'as out of your mercy what we should have prayed for and asked for but didn't ask for Ya Allah grant us that as well and Ya Allah all of the men and women who are gathered here today whatever sincere lawful desire they have in their heart Ya Allah fulfill their desires grant their desires send your special mercy upon us Ya Allah extend the shade of the guidance of our shaykh over us let us benefit more and more from his words and wisdom and from his heart and feelings Ya Allah bring us from Qadam to Qidam Ya Allah let us reach the maqam of Ihsan let us pray a salah at the level of Ihsan Ya Allah send your special mercy and generosity upon us